0: Here's the top 10 worst purchases you can make pretty much ever. Now, number one, paying for Netflix and more. Now, just paying for Netflix so you can Netflix and chill is not really a bad thing. But paying for Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Apple TV, Amazon, etc. is a bad thing. Now, paying for all these different subscriptions will end up being more than what you were paying for your cable TV and other TV services, like DirecTV, not to mention the loss in time, the number one asset that you have to grow your wealth. Now be aware that there is a cost for you to binge that new show. Number two, timeshares. You know the pitch. Listen to our 90-minute presentation in exchange for a free weekend for two at our luxury resort. Now if you take the bait and purchase a timeshare, you should turn as white as a ghost, like Casper. Why? Let's say that condo you get to enjoy for one week each year into perpetuity costs you $20,000, which you could buy a pretty nice Rolex with that. If, however, that unit is sold 51 more times, accounting for the 52 weeks there are in a year, the sellers are placing its value at a little over a million dollars twenty thousand dollars times fifty two weeks equals a million dollars in forty thousand dollars. The real horror is your unit might truly be worth only two hundred thousand dollars, and that's before calculating yearly maintenance costs. Instead, try conservatively investing the money in a five year C D at two point three five percent, barely basically inflation, leaving you a total of $22,463.08 after five years. Which means even if you basically chose pretty much one of the worst investment avenues, which is a CD, you'll still come out ahead compared to a timeshare. That's a much shorter time horizon, and the money remains all yours. Rather than having it tied up for life, in a condo you get to access one week out of the year now that being said i did say cds are probably one of the worst investments that you can make but let's say that a person ended up passing away in your family and then leaving you with a bunch of money well obviously you would not be making that good of really any choice after that especially if like they passed away maybe a week before a month or a couple months earlier so you could put it in like a one-year cd barely making any money on it but basically guaranteeing a return on that money no matter what, keeping it in a safe spot with a CD, and then you can make a very knowledgeable investment choice with the money. So CDs are not good, but they have a purpose in some cases. Number three, horses, because everybody wants that little pony. Not really. Racehorses are fast, but they'll drain your financial resources even faster. After purchasing a thoroughbred, you have to board, train, shod, groom, hot walk, medicate, and feed it. Not to mention find a jockey to ride it before your half-ton steed ever makes it onto the racetrack. That's about a $60,000 tab a year. One bloodstock agent, a seller of horses, estimated that for every for $100 you invest in a horse, expect to lose $79. Yeah, that really ain't good. In other words, for every $100 you lay out, you're only going to see $21 in return. You'd be better off plunking your money down on the favorite in each race, which win about one of every three races that said if you got money to blow what could be more fun than hanging out with your pals at the track and hanging on to a dream that your horse will be the next secretariat instead try putting your money in the stock market which some critics say is another form of gambling, but the S&P index of 500 stocks, however, has returned about 18% over the last years. So if you invested the same $100,000 you would have invested in a horse, 60000 for maintenance, $40,000 to purchase it, you would have $118,000 at the end of one year. That buys a lot of hay and is far better return than being left with $21,000 for your $100,000. Number 4. Restaurants. Restaurants like horses are another long shot. To start your own, you need to be far more than just a good cook or even a great cook. In fact, cooking has little to do with restaurant success. You have to be able to manage and juggle all kinds of moving parts, including the lease, pricing, spoilage, the waitstaff, Vendors, permits, location, marketing, there are probably more problems to worry about owning and running a successful restaurant than there are spices in your spice rack. The failure rate is so great that Gordon Ramsay made peeking into restaurant kitchens a worldwide television obsession for a dozen years. Which I gotta say, I love kitchen nightmares. I gotta love it. It's amazing. Although there's the myth that about 90% of all restaurants go down, the toilet in the first year Research shows it's more like 60%. Regardless, the statistics are scary, which is why so many investors find other partners to invest with. That doesn't make the problems go away or the need to hire a stellar, no-nonsense manager who is the financial equivalent of celebrity chef Bobby Flay any less dire. Yes, if you own a partnership in a restaurant, you might get a better table than most, but at the minimum entry price of $25,000, you could get a lot of nice tables without a headache. In the 1970s, Burt Reynolds, then the world's most popular movie star, invested in a restaurant chain called Po Folk's. After opening several outlets in California, Texas, and Florida, He was the poorer for it, dropping about $15 before his investment dalliance drove him into bankruptcy in 1996. Instead, try putting your money in a basket of restaurant stocks. You own companies like Chili's, Olive Garden, Red Lobster, Applebee's, and another mainstream eateries, but ownership in the investment returns won't be nearly as volatile. Although, if you invested into Chipotle around 2011-ish, I believe you could have made a huge chunk of money because, I mean, who doesn't like Chipotle? Now, if you don't find backing, restaurants that push unlimited breadsticks all that appealing contribute more to your IRA or 401k. Number five, penny stocks. A penny stock is a loose term for any stock that is not a blue chip stock. Some consider a penny stock any stock valued under five dollars For others, the threshold is $3 or even $1. Now, the reason people buy them is they think they're going to discover the next Walmart or Microsoft on the cheap. The problem with these stocks is they are loosely regulated, lack track records and histories, and are highly illiquid, meaning they're harder to trade. Their promoters working in boiler room operations, think like the Wolf of Wall Street, pump up the stocks before dumping them. This pump-and-dump strategy will often catch buyers holding a bag of worthless securities. Instead, try rolling up your pennies in those little brown coin wrappers and opening up a safe savings account. With today's low rates, your return will be minimal, but at least you won't be holding an empty bag for your troubles. With that being said, you can also find some high-interest savings account like Ally Bank. Number six, company stock. Now, what better way to express your loyalty to your company than purchasing its stock? But buyer beware. The fortunes or lack of them could take you on a wild ride. Look what happened to Aubrey McClendon, former chief executive of Cheese Chesapeake Energy Corp., who tied up most of his personal fortune in his company's stock. That's one of the reasons he's no longer chairman, although he founded the company. 2008, McClendon was worth about $3 billion, based on his Chesapeake holdings, which traded at about $60 a share in 2008. As of 2014, Chesapeake was listed at about $22 a share. It's estimated that McClendon's net worth took a $2 billion bath, basically meaning he lost about $2 billion. Instead, try investing in a portfolio of assets. This way, you spread your wealth around. If any one sector gets whacked, another sector you own will probably move in the opposite direction. Take oil stocks, for example. There's a glut on the market currently, so if you own them exclusively, you would be hurting financially. But if you also owned airline stocks, that portion of your portfolio would be taken off because of low fuel prices. Airlines' biggest expense diversified. Obviously, this is not exactly the case at the time of this recording because of... COVID-19 completely destroying the airline industry right now. Number seven, buying a house beyond your means. Buying a house is a notion that's hard to resist because it's an idea intertwined with the American dream and having it all. But what you'll have is if you get in over your head is a house sucking up a lot of your disposable income in the form of a down payment, monthly mortgage payments, insurance taxes, and maintenance costs regarding the latter costs. Elise Glink, author of the 100 Questions Every Homeowner Should Ask, says that homeowners should expect to spend between $2,000 and $10,000 annually on home repairs. Now, if you live in your home an average of seven years before upsizing or downsizing, potentially investing another $70,000, you may or may not recover the cost of your repairs and improvements. Not everyone will give you fair value of the polka dot wallpaper you plastered all over the master bedroom. Instead, Try renting longer unless the day of the century comes your way. You'll be more mobile, incur fewer if any improvement costs, and you can invest all that upfront money which would have gone to a down payment, furnishings and improvements in CDs. Ladder your CDs by purchasing short-term and long-term products which help you earn higher interest while still giving you access to your money. Or do mutual funds, Roth IRAs, etc. Number 8. Staying invested in all cash Staying in all cash is the equivalent of digging your own grave. You'll end up with zombie money. Okay, it won't be exactly dead money, but it will be close. If you need an illustration, use the Bureau of Labor Statistics Inflation Calculator to learn the grim truth about how inflation can eat away the value of your money and turn it into a living corpse. Let's say you had $100,000 in 2000 to buy a place by the Colorado River so you can, could indulge your weekend warrior passing of jet skiing. That same identical place in 2014 would cost you $138,000 and $229, right? So $138,229. By just sitting in all cash, you just came up $38,229 short. Instead, try putting money in investment or savings accounts that produce yields at least equivalent with inflation. Number nine. Home Improvement Tools It might sound cool to own your own power washer or rug shampooer, but have fun storing it. Not to mention paying for those and other home improvement tools, which can cost five times or more to purchase than rent. Instead, try renting these home improvement tools from Home Depot or a rental yard listed by the American Rental Association. They might even show you how to properly use what you're renting. Plus, Home Depot has half-day rentals where you can check out the equipment at night and have it back by 9 a.m. This is a good move if you're a night owl, do-it-yourselfer. Number 10. Investments in things you don't understand. Many people still don't know what caused the Great Recession, but chances are they've heard words such as swaps, derivatives, collateralized, and structured associated with the Great Collapse. As for playing the stock market, if you don't know the difference between a stop and stop limit order or the difference between an in-the-money option and out-of-the-money option, then simply stay away from these confusing investments. Now, this doesn't really factor in for like mutual funds because it's very different. Instead, try returning to your brick-and-mortar or online bank and keeping your money in savings, NCDs, or mutual funds, index funds, where the principle of compound interest, described as the eighth wonder of the world, can still work its magic. And if you want to learn more about personal finance and making money, check out the website, 40inbox.com, and go watch another episode to learn more about money. And feel free to listen to this where podcasts are available. And make sure to subscribe. And if you want to learn the four steps to make money online, go down below and join the very quick 30-minute free training.